Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone. We are the Guys and Ties podcast, and we are super excited to be back. Today is Saturday at around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Me and Rob wanted to get you some content early because we love y'all, but also because my schedule tomorrow is kind of busy, so I wanted to bump it up a day. And speaking of Rob, today with me is Rob. Rob, how are you doing? Great, man. I always, you know, even if it's day early, love love doing the pod. I think that this is going to be good for us, is that we're shaking things up. We're going to see how the Saturday recordings work. Probably will not do a lot of Saturday recordings because of football, but we'll see yeah, what probably happens. probably not. But, you know, maybe we'll get some in-game commentary. Yeah, we might do some in-game live podcasting. That would be interesting in Scott Stadium. Yeah, I don't don't know how realistic that is. Maybe if they installed Wi-Fi or something there. I I don't have the Wi-Fi password for Scott. I I also think that they kicked us off the UVA, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's that's most likely. Do you you have any access to the press box? I need more. Not until, not unless we get press passes for the podcast. Which that's it's coming. We know it's coming. Yeah, Dave Kane, look out! We're coming for you. <laughs> let's let's not try to make enemies just yet. <laughs> We're just starting out. <laughs> Episode four. Anyway, so before Rob picked me up to go to the studio, uh, we we I asked him if he wanted some McDonald's because I was hungry and I live right by McDonald's. So I was like, Rob, you want anything? He's like, No, nah, I'm good. But then he called me. Five seconds later and said, actually, can you give me something? And so we were eating McDonald's in the car and I said, Rob, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were sponsored by McDonald's? And he said, wait, we already are sponsored. That's right. And I had totally forgotten, but we are. We have been sponsored, everyone, by the Overall Girls. And most of you probably don't know what we're talking about, but they were some friends of ours from Who Crew? And they were overalls to games. You know, a lot of people have started to copy them. Yeah. But they were the original overall girl. So Deanna, Madigan, and Abby, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sponsoring us. If anyone else wants to sponsor us, please do. But uh, We will give you great shout-outs. We won't beg. <laughs> but we will give you a shout-out. So Yeah, I mean, we love it. They made a very generous donation. Uh, not really donation. I guess more of a payment for sponsorship. <laughs> it, was, it was a donation. It was a a whole scent, <laughs> and uh, so they forced us to talk about them for a good minute. So 
I guess a minute of our time is worth one cent yeah. at the moment. We'll get that higher soon enough. Oh, we're going to raise it. Yeah, yeah. Next person has to pay more. <laughs> I guarantee it. But we have a lot to talk about today. So I'm going to hand it over to Rob, who's going to start off with some football news. Yeah. You know, thankfully, we had a really great press conference yesterday. It was pretty light during this week as far as football goes. So thankfully, Bronco was so nice to give us some content yesterday. He knew we were looking for stuff. Yeah. He said, I'm going to give the guy some stuff. So I think the biggest news out of that press conference is uh, Dylan Thompson. Mm-hmm. That Bronco says, quote, it's unlikely, end quote, he'll uh, he'll join the team. Yeah. Which, it, you know, he came from Ohio State. That said, you know, we got to give reporting its due. Sam Blum tweeted out yesterday that Dylan Thompson said he's going to report this week. So I don't know. I guess I'm, we'll see what happens. I'm going to trust the head football coach over a guy that's played two games in his career. Yeah. So, you know, Dylan Thompson, he wasn't going to be a difference maker, I don't think. You know, like, say, he played two games his entire career. But at the very least, he was a guy that we could have rotated in. Maybe we still can rotate in. We'll see what happens. We are waiting to see if he's actually going to come. And it seems at this point that he's not. Yeah. I don't really understand why. Because I think he was, I mean, we know that he was trying to finish up classes at Ohio State. And I, I don't really understand if he failed his summer classes, maybe he was working out too much. I don't understand, but it was good to hear Bronco give some final word on on his stance on Dylan Thompson this season. Yeah, I think, good, I think we're all closure. frustrated. So, you know, anything we get, I guess that's good enough. But at this point, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I can't really be frustrated because he never did anything for us. So it's not like it, we just don't have what we didn't have before. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. On to the next guy. Yeah. I think the next big topic that I think is a theme that kind of came out of that press conference is the general youth movement on this team. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot said about Tim Harris, Malcolm Cook, two guys that have battled injuries their whole career, Mm -hmm. came back for a sixth season. Neither of them have starting spots locked down as six-year guys that have been talked about a lot. Uh, Malcolm Cook is battling for that inside starting linebacker spot. And mm-hmm. uh, Bronco said yesterday he's in a really big competition with uh, Zane Zandier. You also have Dominique Shepard in there. Rob Snyder was a big part of that until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So he definitely doesn't have that spot locked down. And even if he does start, I think we're going to see a lot of rotations in there, especially over the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And then the second one is Tim Harris. Tim Harris, he had been hurt. Not really a surprise there mm-hmm. uh, to start camp. And now he's back. But apparently he's not starting. He's behind Darius Braden, which I have to give a shout out. He's a Roanoke boy, William Fleming High School. I went to Patrick Henry. So we're rivals, but you got to give the love to that Roanoke grad. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an interesting theme that these two sixth-year guys might start not start neither of them might not start yeah i think that's interesting because actually i don't i think it's interesting in that we were all expecting especially tim harris to start and that doesn't seem to be the case Mm -hmm. right now but i think it's still good that he's back because he brings some senior leadership to that group you know he's been there before he knows what it's like but this also shows the difference between you know london's guys and broncos guys yep and I think that I think Mendenhall is making a statement that he likes his guys better, even though Tim Harris is good. You know, they're not his guys and they don't they, they weren't recruited for his system. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. Especially at corner. I think it's really interesting, too, that Jermaine Crowell, you know, one of our more highly touted prospects from last season, that mm-hmm. he's not the guy that stepped in. It was Darius Braden who's a little more unheralded. So, I mean, it really just shows you that Broncos willing to put in the best players and the people who end up getting there get there. There's mm-hmm. no preference for recruiting rankings or any seniority even, anything really like that. You know, the guys that are going to earn the spots are going to be the guys that are playing. Yeah. So anyway, interesting notes there, how uh, just kind of how this roster is shaping up. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be really interesting as it comes out and more people get their jersey numbers and, you know, we'll see what happens. It's all exciting. Yeah. Only a couple weeks away. Two weeks. Two weeks. From today. I said a couple. Yeah, you're smart, man. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk a little offense. Last note that I got from that press conference, obviously we lose uh, Donnie Dowling and Andre Lavroni in this regard in our deep threat. Andre Lavroni, I think he had seven touchdowns last year. You know, our big deep threat. And he's a guy that finally put it all together. Super talented guy his whole career, battled injuries, finally put a good full season together. And we saw kind of what he could do. But... Without him, we don't really have that true deep threat. You know, Alameda's got great speed, but they don't really use him on these deep patterns. He's more mm-hmm. kind of in the screen, and I think this year he's going to actually spend a lot of time in the backfield taking mm-hmm. pitches and handoffs and all that. So who was going to be our deep threat? Mm-hmm. Joe Reed, I guess. But uh, two guys Bronco mentioned specifically are uh, true freshman Tavares Kelly, 5'8 guy, which I love. I'm 5'8 too. So I just love that people <laughs> my height actually play football. I appreciate that. And Defonte Cross, who's spending time at court. He was at quarterback a bit last year. He played cornerback a bit last year. Full-time wide receiver now. He's a little different than Kelly. He Devontae Cross is six foot two, so two kind of different builds for guys. And Andre Lavoni was a tall guy too, mm-hmm. but two kind of speedster, deep threat kind of guys. So it's kind of cool to see if either of those guys can carve out some playing time and hopefully make some big plays. Yeah, you know the thing about last year is. We, and we've talked about this, the, the deep threat and Ben Kurt just bombing it to, you know, Lavroni or Dowling. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Zacchaeus too. But usually, I mean, usually you're right, Zacchaeus would like catch a quick five-yard slant just take it 20 yards. and or But Lavroni was the one who was catching those 30-yard touchdown passes. And he had some good hands. And we haven't had, you know, we've had good receivers in the past, but not like great receivers. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'll be interesting to see who steps up. But I like I like this. Once again, it's kind of a youth movement where we're getting some younger players in. So hopefully in the future, when they kind of get their hands set and they can get some deep passes, I think it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on. You know, Joe Harris and uh, Isis Dubois, they're both juniors, which I guess they're upperclassmen now, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy to think about. But we brought in four wide receivers in this year's class. Now we got Devontae Cross, uh, mm-hmm. Terrell John is another guy. Uh, we're young at wide receiver. And, you know, if some of these guys can step up and start making plays, these freshmen, these sophomores, be nice. It would be a big step for this offense to have underclassmen, you know, providing those impact roles. Yeah, it will be good if, you know, Bryce Perkins, who... We don't know how his arm looks. Can throw to someone who we don't know how their hands look. So <laughs> that'll be interesting. But always excited to see what happens. You gotta love it. You gotta. This is literally my favorite time of the year uh-huh. as far as sports go because there's just so much optimism. There's You're- so many possibilities. <laughs> and as soon as September first hits, I might just N- run into a brick wall. Nothing and bad has might happened. not come through. Nothing bad has happened yet. Knock Everyone is full of hope. Actually, you know, bad things have happened. We don't get Dylan Thompson. People are still hurt, but we're not worried about that. 
everything's good we're positive now no major season ending injuries again knock on wood Mm -hmm. we've been there's been some injuries on the lines but it seems like none of those are kind of season threatening i mean all told i think it's been good bryce perkins continues to get accolades honors you know showered on him by mendenhall who can be quite critical of people at times Mm -hmm. i mean look what he said about chris moore he called out chris moore bad after spring practice and said he didn't have a good spring now all of a sudden apparently he's having a good training camp which Uh is great but i mean Broncos up front about how he thinks his players are performing and to hear him say those positive things about Bryce Perkins. And you know, there's a you know, football scrimmage happening like right as we're doing this podcast. So we're not gonna be able to talk about that, but we are I mean, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that and if any like if anyone gets hurt or if anyone, you know, stands out as someone who can help the team. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens. So, do we wanna talk? ACC power rankings let's do ACC power rankings so hopefully next episode is going to be a pretty big football preview we'll we'll do our game by game predictions uh we're working on getting a really special guest on the podcast so hopefully we can get that worked out but we're going to dive deep into UVA football game by game predictions next episode so this episode we were like well what do we talk about (laughs) so we figured power rankings where does Virginia shake out in the ACC? And, you know, a lot of the, at the ACC media day, a lot of people at Virginia at the very bottom, uh, at least in the coastal, you know, they don't, they don't have like a 14 team ranking system, but they do have the coastal and the Atlantic and the, in the coastal, we were at the bottom. And so, but me and Rob want to just go through every single ACC team. Are we including Notre Dame? Nah. Okay. They don't count nah. in football. Oh, do you see their uniforms? There's Yankee. Oh, for the oh Yankees game? It's horrible. It's so it's bad. It's so bad. I love the memes. Just throw a Lakers <laughs> logo on there. Throw a Cowboys star on there. It's like it's like the two one of the two of the most bandwagon sports teams in the whole world. The Yankees and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And it sucks together. Because Notre Dame has I love their uniforms. I like and the then gold helmet. Then even their throwbacks are alternates mm-hmm. with the green. The green, like, the shamrock is God, great. That's so good. It's so good. And then you just put these garbage pants on them. <laughs> and the pinstripes. They're it's wearing so pinstripes. They have just sleeves that are God, pinstripes. It's so bad. Sorry. We, it was anyway, a good venting anyway, session. Anyway, Notre Dame will not be included in these power rankings. Even though they would probably be near the top. Yeah, they'd be top half probably. But, but we'll see where Virginia shakes out in this. So Rob, do you want to... Start with your number two team, since I think everyone knows what the number one team is going to be. Yeah, we'll give that to Clemson. I don't think there's really, I don't think it's really worth spending too much time there. I think they're clearly a notch above the rest. So we'll just leave Clemson where they are and hope they get another college football playoff appearance for the ACC. Yeah, I think that Clemson is undoubtedly a level above most of the other ACC, you know, depending on how the our number two and our number three teams shake out. Over the course of the season, I can't see anyone but Clemson coming away with the ACC title and a playoff berth. So uh, hopefully they can, you know, get back to the playoffs and show that the ACC does not suck that bad at football. But, you know, who knows? Anything can happen in football. Yep. So number two, maybe I might be in the minority on this. I have Florida State number two. Mm -hmm. Willie Taggart good head coach i think they're going to benefit from getting away from jimbo fisher jimbo fisher i think it kind of wore out his welcome there for as good of a coach as he was mm-hmm. uh you know it's a little uncertainty at quarterback but at the end of the day you bring in you know a fresh exciting young coach willie taggart he was head coach at oregon last year and you have the tradition of florida state 
I think they're due for a big rebound. And after the way they finished that second half of the season, I I see them as the second best team in the conference. Yeah, I I personally had Miami just because I saw us play them last year and I saw them, you know, finish out that season when they were uh, ranked top 10 in the nation. And they, they bring their quarterback back. They bring back almost their entire secondary, which tore us apart yeah. last year. Yeah, I think their their defense is going to be dirty with that turnover chain. I hate it and love it at the same time. <laughs> but I think that their quarterback, Malik Rozier, is going to get a little bit better. Uh, he had trouble with interceptions at times last year, but mm-hmm. he's he's a dual threat guy. He can run. He can throw. I think that I think they're the number two team. But if you think it's Florida State, I the only reason I didn't pick Florida State is you know their new coach, quarterback is uncertain, and generally when you have a new quarterback and a new coach at the same time, it doesn't mix very well but yeah. because it's florida state and because of the kind of talent they have they should probably be fine yeah so i mean i think i have miami as number three i think we kind of agree on the top three teams yeah. clemson and some combination of florida state miami you're right miami great defense they're returning you know if any secondary in the acc is better than ours it's probably miami gotta be miami um you know two really good teams uh you know we'll see how they shake out yeah number four i got virginia tech I just respect Justin Fuente and Bud Foster too much to have mm-hmm. them any lower. You know, they've had a little bit of a tumultuous offseason, um, but they, I think they're a sleeper team. They're returning, uh, you know, they, they're lucky Josh Jackson came back, mm-hmm. that his academic matter got resolved. Mm-hmm. That's convenient. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think they're legitimately a top four team. And I look at on the offensive side, Justin Fuente, and the defensive side, Bud Foster, I think you can easily make the case that, aside from Clemson, that's the best coaching staff in the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I think Justin Fuente was the perfect hire for Virginia Tech. He's young. He's got that kind of um, mentality that the Virginia Tech fans love and Virginia fans hate, is that we're going to beat you and and we might not be as talented, but we are scrappy and we're going to wear you down uh with just relentlessness so i think i and you know bud foster's just been there forever and he's a hell of a coach so i don't like them but i like them at this number four spot i think they're a little bit underrated just because of no one's really talking about them i think they're gonna be really good this year i mean you look at the coastal if they can beat miami Mm -hmm. then they probably get that spot in the acc championship yeah they probably have a clear shot number five i like nc state here Mm -hmm. nc state you know really good team Yet they somehow always underperform. But that said, Ryan Finley, legit quarterback, probably the best pure pocket passing quarterback in the ACC. He's mm-hmm. going to be probably top half of the draft NFL talent for next year. And, you know, they lose Bradley Chubb, but I think their defense is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a team that's just really talented. And I think they have the potential with Ryan Finley to even get higher. But NC State being NC State, I think after a 9-4 and four season, maybe they slide to eight and four eight and five however their bowl game turns mm-hmm. out but I, I definitely think they're the top five acc team even if they don't meet their potential as they normally don't yeah the someone i would have put at five instead was bc um just because they they have everyone coming back and that was not a bad squad last year either that was someone a team that went seven and six uh was four and four in the acc but they've got an a really good secondary, good offensive line, great quarterback. And A.J. Dillon. Yeah, and some really talented players around him. So I think they have potential. 
but you know their their side of the bracket is so stacked with Clemson and Florida State that it's going to be hard for them to get to that upper tier of top four. But I had them at number five. But you know who who'd you have at number six? Boston College. You had Boston College. So yeah. I probably would have put NC State at number six. Yeah, I mean, you look at AJ Dillon. I think in college football, you can really like you need electric players and especially in the ground game you know if you have a running quarterback if you have a legit running back you can just pick up chunk plays and give you that consistency on the ground that's exactly what aj Dillon is mm-hmm. that can help you take over games yeah and boston college has that they're definitely a sleeper you're exactly right though that atlantic that's tough it's tough to be in that yeah like, if they were in the if they were in the coastal i i, I might argue that they were the best team in the coastal I mean, they. I don't Miami. know if they could beat Miami. I think they'd give Virginia Tech a heck of a run. I just, I, I just think that with that schedule, it'd be much easier for them to be num- beat the top of the coastal than be at the top of the Atlantic. Yep. Although the bottom half of the Atlantic sucks, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> so number seven, I've got Louisville here. Mm-hmm. Louisville is a team that probably going to look pretty different. Their mm-hmm. defense, their defense is always meh. It's whatever. Louisville's going to score a lot of points. They're going to have to score a lot of points to win. But obviously, without Lamar Jackson, who, you know, quite frankly, is one of my favorite college players ever. I yeah. love that guy. Uh, arm talent was always super underrated. Everyone wanted to talk about his running. Mm-hmm. I mean, those passes he threw on that final drive to beat us a couple of years ago. It's I hard mean, to talk about, but, perfect. but I mean, Lamar Jackson was a pleasure to watch yeah. in college. And I I hope he does well in Baltimore, but we'll see. He's not going to get the starting job right away, probably. Yeah. But if Joe Flacco turns out to be elite, he won't for a while. RG3 making a comeback. <laughs> we'll see if RG3 can carry your Ravens to the promised land. But anyway, I think that, I mean, they're definitely going to look a lot different this year because he's not there. So who scores those points for Louisville this year? Yeah, Because, you know, last year they could run with anyone because they had Jackson. Yeah. But their defense couldn't hold anyone. I mean, so. it's going to be a different look to Juwan Pass. He was a highly touted quarterback. He's mm-hmm. going to be their new starter. Get this. Dude's six foot four, 230 pounds. Oh, my god, It's a big boy. Is he... Can he run? I don't or know. Or is he just a passer? I know he was... He's, he's a passer. I'd imagine he can... He has... Maybe he's a Cardale Jones type, where he's a passer, <laughs> but he's just so big that if he lowers his shoulder, he has that, a little bit. He has that, like, big Ben kind of stature, yeah. so... Maybe he's just going to sit in there and bomb it. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they do this year because, you know, we always play them. So so my pick for number eight, which I realize is maybe a bit high, but I'll defend myself. Okay. I have Virginia as number eight. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like this pick. So I look at the top half of the ACC. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, NC State, BC, Louisville. I think they're all a tier above the rest. Mm -hmm. So then I look at the bottom half of the ACC, and I look at this, and hey, this is kind of a crapshoot. Who's going to come out on top? We never really know. But I look at these teams, you know, the teams that would contend for this number eight spot, you know, Mm -hmm. your Wake Forest, your Dukes, your Georgia Techs. I think Virginia has the highest upside out of any of those teams from we might not have. I like our coaching staff, although I respect David Cutcliffe and I respect some other guys in there. But I think our coaching staff out of those bottom half ACC teams is among the top. Mm -hmm. And I think our wow surprise factor with Bryce Perkins, if he's what he's been hyped up to be, Mm -hmm. 
I think he gives us the potential to rise up to that number eight spot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this pick, not only because I'm a homer, but just because I I believe in this team. And I think they're I think we might not be tons better than last year, but we're making strides and we're going towards what Bronco wants. And I just think we're better than than what most people think we are. Uh, you know, so many power rankings have us at or near the bottom of all 14 teams. And I, I definitely think we are better than Syracuse or uh, even Pitt and Wake Forest. So, but that's why we play this season. Yeah. And who knows what our record will turn out to be. <clears throat> Dustin and I will give you our predictions next week. And but I think I think we're out of those bottom half of the ACC teams. I think we're the team that has the most to get excited about. Mm-hmm. And now as we start going... 9 through 14, we have no idea what's going to happen here. I I think these teams are all fighting for a bowl game at the very minimum. Maybe not Syracuse. Maybe not Syracuse, but a lot of them are fighting for a bowl game, and it's really hard to put them apart. So this is just a kind of a hip-fire kind of look at what we think is going to happen with these teams. So, Rob, you want to start off at 9? I have Wake Forest at Mm 9. I have no idea how the hell they went 8-5 and last year, but they did. Uh, They're losing John Wolford, which is unfortunate, a four-year starter at quarterback. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if they were 8-5 and last year, I'd put them near the top again. And, you know, I'm just reading right now that their their expected starter is suspended for the first three games of the season. Oh, that's... We'll see. They're second yeah. half of the season team, I guess. I guess. I guess. They got, <laughs> good thing they play some, hopefully some cupcakes early on. Uh, Duke, I have as 10. Duke, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing really there to get excited about except for David Cutcliffe, who yeah. I think is just, he turned the Duke football program around to at least being respectable. Duke was a laughing stock for decades. Right. And you look at where they are now and some very good players they've put in the NFL and, and competed. And now we're the laughing stock. Well, we were for a couple years, <laughs> a couple too many two and ten seasons. It was so horrible the first year that Duke beat us. Oh man! And it was that's when I knew that we were a bad football team. Is that we lost to Duke. I mean, I remember growing up, the first football games I ever went to, we would beat Duke fifty something to ten because we we'd take our starters out at halftime. Yeah, we'd always win. We would always win. Same with North Carolina, who I have as number 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Fedora, this is very much a big year for him. Um, UNC kind of had some sustained success. They had some good quarterbacks for a while. Uh, Ryan Switzer was one of my favorite wide receivers in the ACC. But, you know, they were young last year, and the question is whether they can turn that youth and now a little bit more experience into wins. But last year, they just weren't very good, and I'm not convinced they're necessarily better this year. You know, I... And I'd also like to put Georgia Tech up there. I know that they're always kind of a... No one really knows what to expect because they run the triple option each year. And every year we're like, oh, we know how to defend the triple option. And then no one ever knows how to defend the triple option. But it's hard to rate them in this pile just because they're they're so unique. Yeah. And they're kind of always... the They're not great, but they're never bad. So, yeah. I mean, the weird thing about Georgia Tech, which... I never really put together until I watched our bowl game when Navy ran all over us. I think their triple option compared to Navy's is very elementary. I mean, Navy had so many more wrinkles in that triple option than Georgia Tech did, which mm-hmm. 
surprised me because Navy, I mean, Georgia Tech will at least attempt to pass sometimes. Navy, I don't know if they completed a pass that bowl game. No, they ran it every single time. But I think they threw it a couple times. The amount of wrinkles Navy had just shocked me because I watched Georgia Tech multiple times every season and Georgia Tech doesn't have that. So Paul Johnson's a good coach and it's definitely, you know, who knows where they end up. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of a shock factor for me to see, hey, like, just their triple option just seemed very basic compared yeah. to Navy's. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was last season. We'll see how Taekwon Marshall is this year. Yeah. But uh, I actually had them at number 13. Okay, so. that's fine. Well, did we I'm skip, probably wrong. Did you skip 12? Uh, 12 is where I have Pitt. Pitt, yeah. Pitt is just meh, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't see much of a reason to get excited about Pitt this year. You know, they beat us. They normally beat us in football. But... Uh, just looking at their roster, you know, they were five and seven last season. I don't see any reason to get necessarily excited around. They're bo- they're kind of boring. Like Pittsburgh is not fun. It's at not all. a good. There's no college football. You know, no. it's not a college football town. No, it's a basketball town. Yeah, and it's not like there's just no excitement there. The only thing I'll say about Pitt is please wear your retro uniforms full time. I don't know <laughs> how a team can have those in their wardrobe and not wear those all the time. Yeah. Those are. If they wear those uniforms full-time, they go top, number one uniforms in the ACC. <laughs> I love those things. Uh, which leads us to number 14, Syracuse, which probably has the worst uniforms in the ACC. Yeah. And they're just... Syracuse is Syracuse. They're a basketball school. They, you know, and they play in the they play in the same arena as the basketball team. And it's probably much more full for basketball than it is for <laughs> football. I don't know that for certain, but... That's just my guess. It looks a lot more full, at least. It does, yeah. But anyway, I mean, yeah, Syracuse has, you know, I don't think a really good history, at least recently, with football. They haven't been good since they joined the ACC. Uh, we beat them a couple years ago in that thrilling triple, triple overtime. overtime game. That was wonderful. But besides that, I don't. I haven't really watched Syracuse that much in the last year because there's, there's, no there's nothing to watch. Yeah, they, they haven't been good. They did beat um, Clemson last year. Yeah. Which was weird. Very weird. <laughs> you know, besides that, nothing much yeah. to talk I about. Yeah, I mean, there. Dino Babers is a guy who I thought was kind of going to give some life to that program when they hired him a couple years ago. And it's just, you know, maybe they'll prove us all wrong. But I have Syracuse last in the ACC. All right. That was good. I'm glad we did that because I, I'm always confused about who's actually better because the Atlantic and the Coastal are so weird looking it always makes us look a lot better when we compare the bottom of the atlantic to the bottom of the coastal yep so that was fun that was fun and now we're going to move on and we are going to phone a friend and what we are going to do this week is we don't have a special guest but we are going to randomly call one of rob and i's friends they don't know we're calling them so they are hopefully surprised although we have been telling some people to expect calls from us so unclear if they're going to be surprised surprised enough so we're going to call someone and uh we're going to see what happens hello hello so mel you're on the guys and ties podcast welcome i don't think i am i think you are how certain are you uh like 78 78 percent i'll take it not sure if we'll keep this one because you seem <laughs> you seem uh, hesitant to talk to us. But, right, what's going on? Uh, will you will you introduce yourself real quick? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Somo. I was UVA seventeen. Uh-huh. College Arts and Sciences. 
uh, as a new group, two years, um, majored in bio and psych, and I am currently going to school at NYU. And, and he's in med school and recently they just announced that he doesn't have to pay anything anymore so he's super excited about that yeah it's awesome yeah. i still Living think he should dream. have done com school i think somel had com school written all over him okay well we'll keep this quick then but we wanted to ask you about the acc football and what who do you think is going to be the best in the acc this year i don't know if you know anything it's okay if you don't you can just admit it no it's got to be clemson right yeah that's what we thought well, Clemson, but Florida State's going to be coming back this year, too. Yeah, that's right. You know, right? They can't be, they're not going to be bad for so See, long. We I did. They got a new coach. Yeah, Willie Taggart. We just had our power rankings, and Dustin and I had difference of opinions as the number two team. Dustin said Miami. I said Florida State. You know, what do I, you think? I just think it's Miami just because their defense was so good last year, and they didn't really lose that too many players from that squad. I think um, Miami, I think, could be more athletic, but I don't think. I think they're coached well. I, I don't know. I don't like how... Like, I think Florida State would be better this year. I just look at the momentum they came off of at the end of the season. While Miami kind of did the opposite. They kind of did a tailspin in the season. Yeah. You know, and then you bring in Jimbo Fisher, won it out. You bring in Fresh Blood, you know, Willie Taggart. We'll see. I mean, they're, I think they're the number two and three teams in the ACC. But... Uh, and and we'll I, also, I also want to say that earlier I said that Florida State has a new quarterback. It's not necessarily new. They just don't... They aren't quite sure who it's going to be yet. Yeah. So Florida State has a new coach, and they're unsure at the quarterback position, which I don't like personally. Because we've we've had unsureness at the quarterback position for too long for me to be comfortable with that personally. We have. UVA. We've been pretty sure. We've had the same guy for the last two years. Right. But and before, we were pretty before sure. that. Before that. Yeah, we had like a three-quarterback system the year before. I think that was awful. <laughs> we were pretty sure that was horrible. Um, it kept you on so. your toes, at least. You know, just not knowing week to week, you know, if Matt Johns was going to throw on third down or Kurt Benkert kind of kind of gave me fresh energy. Or even Lindell Stone, you know, sometimes God. he played. It's an absolute shame we burned his red shirt last year. Yeah. Absolute shame. But, uh, but yeah, so, and Somo, the other thing we wanted to ask is, who do you think could be at the bottom of the ACC? Because Rob and I also had trouble deciding this. You know, it could be us. <laughs> all right so here we, we uh, oh go ahead go ahead so we well we, we lost three big defenders right mm-hmm. one at every defensive level yeah and they were like our leaders too i mean we have a couple of corners coming back going out and let's uh we have a couple of linebackers come back too but i don't know the holes by the blending and mike guys are being out not yeah. scaring defense and that's what kept us in games our offense oh we have a new quarterback starting this year too mm-hmm Kurt Bankert's playing for the Falcons now. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't. I think those are the narratives. I think what gets overlooked is the depth we come back. And so I'm going to give you some context. We ranked every ACC team one through fourteen just now, and I had Virginia number eight. I think the top half of the ACC is very set, but then the bottom half of the ACC, who knows where it comes out? I look at upside. I look at who has depth at key positions, and I look at who has that difference maker and the coaching staff, and I think Virginia has a very real chance if we avoid injuries at key positions to really come out and be that top of the bottom half of the ACC. Rob somehow convinced me to let him say UVA at number eight. <laughs> Interesting. We'll see. I've been Who's wrong it? many well, times. We said, I don't know. I just feel like we're just, there's more athletes on the other teams, like mm-hmm. Georgia Tech with their 
triple option, Duke, UNC, Boston College was better than us. You know, last year, this year when we played them, they killed us. But, Tech. But you know, I mean, if if we're talking about athletes, like we have guys who are bulking up over the off season, so we're trying, and that's one of Bronco's main points is trying to get us back into ACC contention with our guys. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see how much some of our players bulked up? Yeah, but that you could say that about any team. Yeah. No, no, but our our punter <laughs> our punter put on twenty five pounds in the off season. I'm sure every team has a player that's you know, gotten bigger. But we we had like twenty who put on at least twenty pounds. I think I think that was all we had to ask you. Do you have anything to ask us? Yeah, is this a are you guys gonna talk about basketball in soon? Yeah, we well we talked about it last week. If you would listen. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You have to listen <laughs> to get the content. So, um, well, I listened to this. I don't know if you guys. You know mixtape? No. What is it? It's it's a Barstool podcast. Okay. And Joe Harris was on it this last episode. Oh, really? So it was like a 40, 30, 40 minutes of Joe Harris talking about like Washington basketball, UVA hoops, um, what he's doing the Brooklyn Nets, where he's going. And That's Harrison cool. was on it a couple couple weeks ago. So Justin? Wanna, yeah, Justin Harrison. Okay. Is he, is he still on the Hawks or did he get cut? I think he's on the Hawks. Because I know he got traded to the Hawks, but not sure if he got cut. No, I think he's hanging out. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to give that a listen. I love hearing Joe talk. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's got a really nice voice. <laughs> Dreamy. He's talking about LeBron, too. It's cracking me up. Oh, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I think I think that's all that we need from you. So thanks for coming on, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. Take care, Gus. All right. See you, dude. See you, see you. And with that, we're going to transition from football, and we're going to talk about some sports that maybe not everyone knows about quite as much, which is the non-revenue sports. And I always, when I was a student, I always loved going to the soccer games, tennis games, volleyball games. I always thought they were really fun because, and the players love when people come and watch them because they don't get as big crowds as the basketball team or the football team. Excuse me, the men's basketball team and the football team. And so we are going to give a quick update on how those teams are doing because women's soccer started today or yesterday. Yesterday, Excuse me, they started yesterday. And the field hockey and volleyball teams both had scrimmages today. So we're going to give quick updates on that. And then we're going to wrap this up. So, So we're going to start off with women's soccer who had their first game yesterday with a win over Colgate. They beat them 2-1 to one with two different people scoring. Betsy Brandon scored, and the second score was by Ian Adu. And apparently it was a really good game. Uh, we had some players who were out, uh, actually four projected starters who were on the national team playing some matches. So they were called up, and they weren't available for the game yesterday, but they were on the sideline and cheering on their teammates so hopefully we get them back soon before the season really kicks into gear i think they're supposed to be ready by sunday when we have another game i you know women's soccer was so fun to watch because they were really good when we were there and the the crowd gets so into it there's a lot of non-students who go and the non those people just love watching them play i think it was our first year they had a game against Notre Dame. It was mm-hmm. like number one versus number two. Yeah. And it just poured rain the yeah. entire game. Everyone was soaked. But, I mean, that's – I mean, I still remember that game. There's it, not many yeah. – I've covered a lot of 
UVA non-revenue sports for my Cav Daily days. Mm-hmm. That's a game that I don't know if I'll ever forget that. Yeah, and you know they they have so much fun out there, and I I had so much fun as a student just like cheering and sitting there and watching them. So always great to see the women's soccer team. And we how we're going to cover the revenue and non-revenue sports is with football and basketball. We'll probably give updates weekly on those. But with the non-revenue sports, we'll probably give a every couple months, we'll do a quick rundown of all how they're doing. So women's soccer started off really well, and hopefully they're going to get even better when we get our starting, starting goalie back because she was one of the players who was on the national team for a little bit. Um, the other two sports that we're going to talk about are field hockey and volleyball. And they both had scrimmages today against JMU. And I guess this was planned because they played at the same time against the same team. So, I mean, that was smart of athletics. It's funny how they think (laughs) about these things. But they both won. Volleyball won in four sets, I think. And field hockey won four to zero, which was great. And I, you know, when I was a student, I always loved watching field hockey going into men. Not field hockey. Volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah. I'm sorry. Going in the Mem Gym, watching volleyball, was really fun. That place can get packed. It can get hot. It can get sweaty. It feels kind of like Castle Coliseum, but a little bit smaller and better. Yeah. Much better. Much better. And that was always fun. But field hockey, I also enjoyed going to, but I never understood field hockey. I never. Very few people that understood field hockey. It's it's one of those I, I feel like it's one of those sports that people either like really know and are into or like don't really understand. I liked watching it, but I didn't really understand the I'd sport. I get excited about it. It's games one, were fun. It's one of the few sports that I did not understand. Yeah. I remember one one game and I forget who we were playing, but it was in overtime and someone kicked a ball as it was going for the goal and they counted it as a goal i think and so we won but it wasn't exciting it was a really strange thing for me yeah but i I always loved watching on that blue turf and and watching that ball just like fly down the field it's such a weird like they're all hunched over all the time (laughs) i it it wasn't one of my favorites but i always enjoyed going to those games too i i i love all uva sports so it was was great but that's our quick non-revenue sports update well i'll throw in a shout for uh men's soccer as well men's soccer Mm -hmm. opens the season next friday uh from my cav daily days george galnovach was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite coaches if not my favorite coach to talk to uh they're ranked number 15th in the preseason right now so Hopefully they'll climb a little bit, but you know, great team, great group of guys. And for someone as kind of as scary and as frightening as he, George Skelnovac is on the field, uh, for those of you that haven't seen him, he's a pretty big shaved head uh, and he'll, he'll chew you out, but mm-hmm. great guy, great coach, uh, great interview. Tell, so, tell, him the, him. tell him the story about the interview. Yeah. So it was my second year I covered their, uh, the men's soccer team that was the year they actually won the national championship which was pretty cool but it was just you know mid-season interview i was talking to george just asking him some questions took about 10 minutes i shook his hand and i thanked him and i looked at my phone and realized none of that was recorded (laughs) which was a bit of a problem so i flagged george down i was like hey uh do you have just like two or three more minutes (laughs) i i think i got uh some more questions more of the same to ask you and he did and uh 
he was just always really gracious. He was great. He'd give me phone calls if I couldn't make it to practice. Um, just really good team, really great group, group of guys. So they open the season next Friday, August 24th, against uh, New Hampshire, which is actually number 19. That, so, that would have been terrifying if I had not even just like a D1 men's soccer coach, but anyone, if I yeah. had to say, if I had to talk to them long, any longer than I had to. It'd and be then, like, like oh, here God. I am, I'm the second year. <laughs> like all of his players are like way bigger, way faster than I am. And he's in the middle of his championship season. Yeah. You know. So great guy. Love George. Uh, best of luck men's soccer team. Yeah. And I think that's it. Uh, but before we are done, we're going to give a yell to some stuff that we have noticed over the week. Once again, our give the yell is something that can be UVA sports related or not UVA sports related. And we're just going to talk about it for a hot minute. And Rob, do you want to start off? Yeah, thanks, Dustin. Uh, let's Let's give a yell. And for me, it has to be the Maryland football situation mm-hmm. after Jordan McNair's death. And this is one of these things that you can look at in a football context where a coach went too far. And if anyone's watching Hard Knocks, you've seen coaches go too far. You know, Greg Williams is on there. He had his bounty scheme back in the day. You can look at football coaches going too far. And you can look at it at one angle about protecting the game which it's personally my favorite sport. It's a beautiful game. There's a reason people love it. But you look at a bigger picture about what you expect, not just from football coaches, but just from leaders in general. And these football coaches, you know, DJ Durkin is ultimately responsible for this athletic director. He hired him. That organization runs under him. He is responsible for the organization. And even Damon Evans, the athletic director, it goes to the top just being just being around these programs, culture, organization, direction starts at the top. And to have that big of a breakdown there is just inexcusable. And Maryland, I think it's a shame, obviously, from a personal level uh, to have a player die, but then also just from an organization standpoint to see something get that out of hand. So we'll see how that situation unfolds. But, uh, you know, that's just it's yeah. not good yeah it's a it's a horrible situation and you hate to see it happen anywhere and it you know as you were saying it goes back to what i talked about a couple of weeks ago with urban meyer at ohio state and how uh sometimes life's got to be bigger than football and hopefully this all comes to a close and the right people are you know held accountable for it but going off of that this has nothing to do with that, but I, I am going to give a yell to something that I have hated my entire life, Duke basketball. And I hate to say this, but it's really it's been really fun to watch the highlights of them taking on these Canadian teams and watching the two of their top three freshmen, Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett, uh, just dunk dunk whenever they want to really is incredible zion williamson had some incredible alley-oop dunks his head literally above the rim even though he weighs 280 and rj barrett has handles can take take you the entire length of the floor and then do a windmill dunk in your face i am looking forward to seeing them start the year off in college basketball but i 
am super excited about seeing UVA play them and hopefully keep them in check. But yeah. we, we will get to that later. So with that, thank you for listening to episode four of the Guys and Ties podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us on Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. And subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud if you want to keep listening to us. Thank you all and have a great day. Go Who's Baby. Go Who's Baby.